0: This is just a two ounce shot of liquid gold and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com.
1: It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles.
0: Happy Thursday, podcast day.
1: Yo, it is Thursday.
0: So today we're talking about a few different things. First thing being chiropractic, rehab, things like that, physical therapy, and then we're going to talk a little bit about becoming more self-sufficient to kind of add into what we talked about last week.
1: Well, those are two interesting categories. I
0: know. Well, they're t- you know I like to give two unrelated topics here and there. I mean, so
1: chiropractic and food preservation.
0: Well, you know. If you have food prepared and you didn't have to make lunch, then you could easily get to the chiropractor. Boom. There you go. There's your connection. (laughs) Well,
1: that's one way to look at it.
0: So yesterday I went to the chiropractor and just got nailed. She worked on me really, really well, and I feel so much better today. I had a weekend where I got really stressed out with lots of different things that were happening, and I woke up. Sunday morning, boom, migraine, big one. And my whole body was so cramped up. And I had it Sunday, I had it Monday, and then a little bit on Wednesday. Mm. And it was not fun. And yesterday I was trying to work out and we were trying to do it with some upper body strength. And it was tightening up again. And I was like, oh, man. Cause, so I had the emotional stress and then now I'm adding in the physical stress. And I was like, okay, I got to go see the chiropractor. Good.
1: You finally listened to yourself and went in and got something done about it.
0: Well, I was talking to them there. I mean
1: that rudely, but you sometimes don't take action behind the pain.
0: I was talking to the chiropractor and I was like, you know, I'm really starting to learn what happens on a physical level with my body when I go through stress. And I used to think I would If I woke up with a migraine, I would wake up and think, oh, I slept wrong, or, oh, I didn't sleep on my pillow right, or maybe I ate something, and then I'm sitting there trying to figure out what did I eat wrong. But I never asked, like, you know, hey, what kind of stress am I under right now? What was yesterday like? What were the thoughts going through my head over and over and over that I was trying to work out without getting resolution, which would keep me making me think the same thought and just, like, tail spinning?
1: Well, doesn't emotional stress attach to you somewhere physically?
0: Well, I'm realizing that for me, I get it in my neck and in my shoulders. And then what happens is, is it gets so cramped up that I believe, and this is what we talked about yesterday, that it just, it restricts some blood flow. And when you don't have the right blood flow and the good oxygen going into your brain and you get migraines, then there you go. Boom. Migraine.
1: Down for the count.
0: But for other people, it's different. And I think that that's something I really want to emphasize is that if you have sort of flare ups, start to look at the emotional stuff that's happening with it. Go back and walk yourself through it. And I love that we have these podcasts because I've actually been able to see a pattern. I've actually worked through more (laughs) talking this out.
1: So is this microphone like your therapist? It
0: is. And you know what's so cool (laughs) is that only you talk back to me. It's great.
1: Well, at least you're not in here talking to yourself. That'd be kind of bad.
0: That that would actually be fun. Well, wait, wait, wait. I talk to myself all the time. What's wrong with that?
1: Well, to say it out loud and then get like therapeutic benefits from it and promote it to everyone that might not be looked at very highly.
0: Yeah. So anyway, so i go to the chiropractor and I'm like, okay, I got really bad stressed over the weekend. It turned into a migraine. I'm totally cramped up now. And then, then I tried to work out and then that made it worse. So we need to loosen this up. This is what I learned yesterday. You have different schools of thoughts through chiropractic. And we go to, we're diehard, finish first. Finish
1: first all the way.
0: Finish first injury prevention specialist with Dr. Chase Banks and his team. They're absolutely amazing there. unbelievable If you want somebody who just works with babies, they've got that. If they want somebody who's a little bit more gentle, Dr. Isaac is amazing for that. And, uh, he does
1: the needling. Dr. Emily does getting into acupuncture. Alicia does all the physical therapy. Gina does all the Nuifit. Literally a one-stop shop and I've been going there now for 3 months working on my physical therapy and
0: but we've been patients up there health. for
1: 10 years? Yeah,
0: for almost 10 years now yeah. cuz we first went to them in 2012. Yeah. But what I like is that I didn't just go in there and then them just snap crackle pop and then I'm out the door. Right. They also don't try to sell me this huge package and say, "Okay, we're going to give you this free evaluation and then you come back and then it's like, "Okay, here's what you need. You need 3 three sessions a week for a month. And then after that month, then you're going to go to two sessions a month and then one nope. session.
1: They go to the root. They try and figure out the root cause, what's what's happening and find relief from that, which then snowballs into getting it all fixed.
0: Yeah. Yesterday they worked on me or he worked on me for 30 minutes. And then after about 30 minutes, then asked me if I want an adjustment. Now that I'm all released It's up to me now to go home and maintain that. And I have to do that through strength training, yoga, stability exercises, things like that to reinforce what they do.
1: The way they put it to me, and maybe I don't want to butcher this, but there's ligaments, muscles and tendons. And those are the things that get out of whack that then put the bones in the wrong place. The bones aren't in the wrong place unless the muscles, tendons, or ligaments are inflamed or torn or, or swollen and pushing the bones out. So instead of going and just adjusting the bones, they work on the muscles, tendons, and ligaments to relieve that inflammation or relieve that tightness or relieve that issue to then let the bones go back to where they're supposed to be.
0: And if you go with, I don't know if
1: that's right, but that's what I remember.
0: Well it sounds really good. I know so. it did sound well, let's good. just go with it. But here's the other thing. If you let it go way too long, then you're going to develop a lot of, you can develop scar tissue, you can develop inconsistencies and imbalances through your muscles, through different sides of your body. I think it's pretty interesting that every single muscle in our body is connected from the bottoms of our feet to the top of our head. Everything is just you know, all connected. And if you have one area that's off, then it just can really throw everything off.
1: You have multiple areas. Like I had a calf sprain, quad separation 75%. ligament in my, in my finger that was completely pulled. And that was 18 and 19. I never did anything about it. So as they healed, it developed that scar tissue. And then my body healed in an imbalanced way. So my right side was more dominant than my left. And it was creating just absolute chronic pain and agony. And working with Gina and Alicia and Isaac for the last three and a half months, we have literally just kind of took it from the ground up. We started from the feet and the head and then started to come back down together. And now we're kind of in my lumbar. It's kind of the last little piece of the puzzle.
0: So can I tell you something that's going to make you so happy?
1: Maybe. I don't Um, know if our happiness is the same sometimes in our minds.
0: You know, I'm a fast learner in a lot of things, Okay. but I'm also a really slow learner in some things. And maybe this is just, I don't know, but I'm going to start going once a month because I see how that, this was, (laughs) this was, Trey's over here like, law. I've
1: been saying that for years.
0: I know. But, you know, sometimes you just have to learn and it just, it clicked for me. It was like, oh my gosh. I got stressed, I got emotionally stressed, I got mentally stressed, my shoulders cramped up, my neck tightened up, boom, I got a migraine. Migraine went away, but the cramp was still there. The tension was still there. So if I go once a month, then that can help release that tension in my body so it never builds up to that again.
1: It's a maintenance program.
0: Yes. Sure. If I was like living on an island and totally stress free, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't need something like that all the time. But we're in life. We're driving kids around all the time. I lift weights. We're exercising. We're gardening. We're doing all kinds of physical activity. And I think it's a good thing to do.
1: Well, I'm very proud of you. Now we just need to work on time management. And I think we'll get you where we need to be.
0: Okay. I was a little late this morning, but I was fixing my hair. I tried something <laughs> new. I slept on my hair wet. So I woke up and it looked like a giant pubic hair on top of my head because my hair was all matted. That's it was crazy. Like I had some curly and some straight. It just was not even fun at all. There's and, some
1: dark and some blonde in Yeah. There.
0: And I had to like spray it with water, re blow dry it. It was a mess today.
1: I'm sorry for your struggles.
0: Okay. The next thing that we're going to talk about is becoming more self sufficient. And last week we had. Mm. Um,
1: self sufficient in what?
0: Well, more self sufficient in. Your life as far as food preparation and food storage. So, I'm not going full doomsday prepper. Okay. <laughs> We're
1: we taking this because this is a rabbit hole we've gone down this, before. This doesn't
0: have to be a full doomsday prepper thing. Okay. This is like smart. We talked about this last week. Just like you have a bank account, a savings account. Well, why not have a savings account of food for a rainy day or food supply shortages or you lose your job or really anything? And it's it's convenient. Honestly, it's convenient. So I'm going to go through some different ways of food preserving. I'm going to really hit the surface. You have to dig into every single one of these yourself in order to really find what is going to work for you. Okay, so different ways that you can prepare and save food for a rainy day would be canning. Canning in aluminum cans or glass. Um, Is
1: that what all those glass jars are in the garage for? That is
0: what all the glass jars are in the garage for. Why don't you
1: tell them where to get glass jars then?
0: I mean, H-E-B, Walmart, Kroger, Tractor Supply, online, pick. There you go. Pick. There's many places where you can get canning glass mason jars. I would never can in aluminum cans, but maybe you want to and you don't care. That's fine. I like the glass. You can freeze dry. So there's a harvest freeze dryer, which is like bad to the bone. I mean, that's that's like the Big Daddy. It is. What?
1: <laughs> Nothing.
0: It's, I, this stuff gets ex- You're
1: getting like fired up oh, over a freaking real food excited. preservation here.
0: <laughs> real excited. Okay, that, that guy's about 3500 bucks.
1: Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad stuff. But listen,
0: when you freeze dry food, it'll last you like twenty years. You can do a can, lot
1: with thirty five hundred dollars.
0: Well, you could freeze dry a lot of food, and and you but know didn't what? Didn't we
1: get one recently?
0: No, no.
1: What did we get?
0: I got a canner, like a, a pressure canner, oh, which okay, we'll go into Jesus. that in a minute.
1: Okay, keep going.
0: Okay, the next thing you can do is you can dehydrate food. People have been dehydrating food since the beginning of time. Moses was probably a dehydrating dude. I just I totally made <laughs> that up. Don't
1: bring Moses in this. I just, I just totally
0: <laughs> just made that up. Um, dehydrating. Sorry, he didn't know what you're talking
1: about. Uh,
0: dehydrating. Originally, they were doing it, you know, on the rocks in the hot sun. And now they have food dehydrators. <laughs> Quit laughing. I'm not. You're just trying to make some funny analogies. Okay. The dehydrator I have is an electric dehydrator and it blows warm air into your food and then dehydrates the food. It's an excellent way of preserving food. And you know what's really cool is that you can make crackers and you can dehydrate meats in there. You can make fruit leathers, dehydrate fruit slices. Yeah, we've used it for years. Yeah, you can do a ton of stuff with it. And then you would store it most likely in a mason jar, but you'd need to have an oxygen absorber because you don't want it to get
1: moisture. Do we have an oxygen absorber?
0: Well, those are these little packets that you can order. The oxygen absorbers are little packets, but you could also hook it up to a vacuum sealer and then it goes over the top of the mason jar and then it sucks all the air out. So that's another, another way to take out the oxygen so that it doesn't get more moisture. You can dry can. Dry canning would be like taking your mason jars, sterilizing them as well as the lids, filling the mason jar with your dry goods, such as beans or flour, crackers, chips, things like that. And you put it in the oven for a period of time at a certain temperature, and then you pull them out and then you put the lid on. And then that preserves them for a really long time. Because, Okay. Do you remember that one time in our pantry when we had the explosion of flies in there at the, at the old house in spring? You remember that?
1: I remember the fleas. I don't remember the fly. That yep. was. Oh.
0: You remember those?
1: Well, yeah, because that was the maggots that it's... then formed into the larva that then created the flies. Okay. But the maggots came from what?
0: I don't know if they're mealworms or basically in every. It's bad. It's it, really bad. You don't want that to happen. So <laughs> we had in the back of our pantry, I don't know, it was a box of biscuits or pancakes or something. You cannot buy a single product at the store that doesn't have the larva in it for those little, those, they're like tiny little flies. And then they have two wings on each side.
1: Yep. They're a little bitty.
0: If you leave them in your pantry long enough, you will have an explosion of those and they will be everywhere and you have to fumigate. So in order to kill those, you have to put that product in the oven or you can stick them in the freezer for like four days, which would also kill the larvae. So if you're going to want to go, you think, oh, I'm so cool. I'm buying my flower for the next 10 years for a zombie apocalypse. You're going to be like, well, now you have a bunch of flies in your house in two years. So <laughs> you've got to preserve. If you're going to buy that stuff, you've got to keep it the right way. So that would, that's where dry canning. I was
1: so bad. They just kept, it was like one or two showed up, and then it was like three or four. They were, oh, so disgusting. And then disgusting. it just like was an infestation.
0: Oh, We had to call hardco pest control out there. With Regina. Don't do that. What? She is so sweet. Hard pest control. Lake Conroe, mom and pop own business, husband and wife. They've been, been doing
1: it 30 plus years.
0: Been, been in business since I was a kid. And then the next way, the fifth way would be as a freezer, taking your item and then just freezing it.
1: Did but Moses the, have a freezer?
0: Moses did not have a freezer, but here's the problem <laughs> with the freezer. How many times have our children left the damn freezer oh, open? Avery. It's always Avery. It's always Avery. We well, love
1: River it. did it a couple times.
0: Evan has done it.
1: I guess they've all done it.
0: We have lost so much food from in our freezer.
1: But it's our own fault. We've said, let's get a lock, and we haven't gotten we a lock. We still haven't
0: either. got a dang lock. Okay, so those are the five methods, okay, of preserving. They all have
1: egg. their pros and cons. <laughs>
0: they all have their pros and cons, including a $3,500 price tag. Not happening. But let's talk about canning for a second. Did you know that you can can meats? I did not. When you think of canning, what do you think?
1: I don't know, like jams and jellies and pickles and mm-hmm. stuff like that.
0: Okay, so those would be acidic foods. So anything that's like vinegary or has uh, pickles are acidic. Well, yeah, vinegar. Heller.
1: Heller, but they turn into cucumbers.
0: No, they were cucumbers oh. that turned into pickles, <laughs> <laughs> and then they had fruit. a correlation. And then fruits, those are all- it's what I have you for. Those are all acidic foods, okay? So when you want to preserve those items, you would do a water bath. Do you know what a water bath is?
1: I've taken a water bath before.
0: A water bath is basically a pot with hot boiling water that you stick the cans in, and you let them boil for a period of time where it heats them up enough to where the can is then sealed and that is hot enough for those items to now be preserved.
1: When did you learn all this? Was this last weekend?
0: I've learned a lot of things. I've learned a lot of things. (laughs) I've known a lot of this, but some of it, yes, I've learned recently, certain time frames, yes. But if you want to do things like meats, fish, beans, basically things that are non-acidic, vegetable stocks, crab, lobster, shrimp, whatever,
1: which, you can can all that?
0: You can can all that. I'll be, I'd be a little scared to do the shrimp. Oh!
1: But you're okay with the lobster?
0: I don't know. It just seems a little thicker. I don't know. I don't know. Can you? Can you? I don't can know. Can you
1: can it? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe no. I
0: wouldn't do those items, but meats for sure. They are the, possible. They are possible. The meats, the fish, the beans, the vegetables, stalks, things like ghee, those are considered non-acidic. You can can them, but you have to use a pressure canner. So, pressure canner is that. Is that
1: what you bought?
0: That is what I bought. Okay, so if you want the big bad boy of the pressure canner, it's going to be the All American pressure canner. That thing. Is that what you got? Is, of course, (laughs) that thing is like solid aluminum. I got the 25 quart. You can get pretty much like five different sizes. That one was three ninety nine. It so, was. So I an don't investment. have to worry about
1: her going shopping for clothes.
0: <laughs> I know. I just don't
1: <laughs> worry about her going shopping for.
0: Hey, one day Deandre you're gonna, one day you're going to thank me.
1: I, I, if you I'm don't want to get you. that
0: size or that one, you can get the Presto brand. The Presto brand is also a very good brand, and it's not nearly as expensive.
1: I like the name, All American.
0: So the pressure canner. What happens is is that the lid seals on it. I mean, it has gauges. It goes based on your, if you're at sea level, not on sea level, whatever. And you have to have a certain amount of pressure and a certain temperature. But these items, these non-acidic foods, they have to reach a certain temperature. And they can only do that if there's pressure within the can or within that pot that builds up, that heats them up enough. So that's why you have to use a pressure canner because you got to kill off you know, any possible bacteria or whatever. Okay. You can do meats that are raw. Let's say I took six mason jars. I could cut up some chicken and put chicken in each of those jars. I could stick in some certain types of vegetables that are non-acidic.
1: And you could pretty much can a meal.
0: Yes, like, yes.
1: Like flavor it, season it.
0: Flavor it, season it. Is it already all of cooked? It. You're going to cook it. You're putting it in... You could do it either way. You can do the chicken raw, or you, let's say you made a big old pot of soup, then you could take well, that. Well,
1: stay focused on the chicken. If the chicken's raw, it can go in there, or if it's cooked, it can go so in there. So,
0: when you put the raw chicken in the can, okay, or in the mason jar, you add the non acidic vegetables, you add your salt, which is like a quarter of a teaspoon, I believe, per quart mason jar. And then whatever seasoning you want, then you would put your lids on and then you would put it in your pressure cooker. It takes a good 90 minutes for it to cook. Because when you pull those cans out after 90 minutes and after the pressure cooker is done cooking, inside that mason jar, it's boiling. The fluid is boiling and the juices are released from the chicken. So it's now cooking in its own juices, but it's all held in there really tight. So the flavor is just like compact.
1: Very interesting. And then what do you do with the can once it cools off or the jar?
0: Well, you're going to let them sit on your counter because you need them to settle. You need them to cool completely. You don't touch them. And then you would store them in some sort of food storage closet or whatever. Just
1: put them on a shelf.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you would put it. At room temperature. I mean, you're not going to go stick them in your garage in the sun. You want to keep these things out of the sun. You want to keep them in a steady temperature. That's it? That's it. Yes. Now, if I made a pot of chicken stew, then I could just cook my chicken stew, ladle it into my jars, seal it, put it in the pressure canner, and then do it the same way. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I have a feeling I know what we're doing over the next couple of weeks.
0: I know, right? <laughs> okay, so...
1: You're excited about it.
0: <laughs> so that is uh, just some ideas on the pressure canning. And I want to give you some ideas of things that you can do to find your own vegetables Because whatever food storage method that you choose, you got to find the food, right? Well, obviously, ideally, it would be to grow a garden. Trey and I just had a garden built, which we're super excited about. And let's hope we don't kill all the vegetables because...
1: Because it's right in our front yard and we can just walk. I mean, that's that's what I'm resting on. But when it was like a mile and a half away and we had to go there consistently, that was our problem.
0: Yeah. I think this year is going to be a lot better. And we got better soil, too. We, got Satori. we know more about what we're doing too. We got Satori soil from the Satori Sanctuary. My friend Shannon Quinn. Her family owns a mulch yard and they have she's a master gardener and she has an amazing soil that they make.
1: Shannon and Chris are awesome.
0: And okay, if you're wanting to learn how to garden, if you're in Texas, there is an organization called TexasReady.net. They will provide you with heirloom seeds so that you can plant your garden. You can buy kits from them so that you'll have enough seeds to start a garden for you and your family, however many that people are in your family, you would choose that size of the box from them for one year. But here's the cool thing. What an heirloom seed really is, is you plant that plant and you grow it. Well, every single one of those crops that you have are also going to each have seeds. So you take the seeds out of there and it, so it just keeps going and going. Make sense?
1: Hence heirloom.
0: Oh, cause it keeps going. See, I never really thought of that. Okay. That well, is. Texasready.net They are awesome. They're going to teach you methods of gardening and they also have classes too, where they're going to teach a lot of this. Obviously growing your own garden is good. Planting an orchard. There's a method to growing an orchard. Let's say you want to grow oranges. What would you do, Trey?
1: I would go to the store and buy them.
0: How many orange trees would you buy?
1: Like that one house Mm in April Sound that Mm -hmm. we would go to? That was one big, huge orange tree.
0: Well, it was two.
1: It was two? Oh, it was two. Yeah. Two's plenty.
0: Okay. Would you get the same type of oranges or would you get different oranges?
1: Is this a trick question? I like the little, little, little bitty Mm -hmm. minis and I like the bigger ones.
0: Okay. So you would actually want to get two different types of fruit trees and the reason why is because you need them to pollinate with each other or crossbreed or something like that. Hmm. Is that what it's called, crossbreeding? They, you, you need them to, like, mate.
1: How does that happen? I don't really
0: know how that happens, but I know that if you put two of the same type of fruit trees next to each other, that's kind of like inbreeding. It's kind of like dating their sister or their brother. So you need to have a completely, you need, yes, you need to have a completely different species so that they can work well with each other. Well, there you go. Okay. So planting an orchard, there's methods and texasready.net. They'll show you exactly. Okay. Here's what to plant in year one. Here's what to plant in year two. Here's what to plant in year three and how far apart to set them from each other, which Did is we I do thought, that we haven't done any orchard stuff.
1: Oh, this is the orchard I'm talking about with our garden.
0: Right. No, I'm talking about like with fruits and stuff. Okay. You can buy your produce from a farmer. Look in your area, look for farmer's markets. It, you know, if they have an abundance of squash, then go buy abundance of squash. You'll probably get a really good deal on it and then go can it. Squash are excellent. I love squash because it has, and I'm not talking about just like summer squash or zucchini squash. I'm talking like, you know, the different types of like acorn squash and butternut squash and spaghetti squash because they're good forms of carbs. Because I don't eat a whole lot of grain. And then you can also, of course, buy from the store. You know, go to the store. There's different vegetables that are in season and and buy those. Maybe you don't have access to a farmer's market. Maybe you can't grow a garden. Well, you can still go to the store and get a lot of, of really great stuff.
1: I want to get an orange tree, a peach tree, and a fig tree.
0: I do too. I want to get, well, if we can get the damn birds to stop eating our fig tree, well, we can have Well, the deer some is
1: messing with that fig tree.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about proteins for a second. Obviously, same thing. You can go to the farmer's market. You can you can go to the stores and get your stuff. There's lots of different ways to buy and find your protein and get it at a great price. But you can also grow your own quail. Yeah. The bird? Yeah. Yeah, you can raise your own quail. You can raise chickens. You can raise rabbits. A lot of people raise rabbits, and the rabbits apparently taste like chicken. This is another one.
1: Get your own rabbit's foot.
0: Guinea pigs. Oh hell no! Guinea pigs. I was like,
1: just remember those as a kid, just being a little pest. I mean, some some people love them. I just, I don't know. It's no, like, they
0: eat them. So if you raise you eat a
1: guinea pig, they
0: eat they. That is Who's one of they. His, that is food pre- these
1: they preppers people
0: preppers. <laughs> so it is suggested to eat <laughs> guinea pigs or to raise guinea pigs, not necessarily for you, although you can, but also for your dogs. So basically, you just like kill oh, you them. Want to f- You kill the guinea pig and then you stick it in the freezer and then when your dog's hungry, you just grab a dead guinea pig out of the freezer and you toss it to your dog. What in the
1: Sam Hill are you talking about?
0: If you, if there is a shortage of dog food and you need to feed your dogs, you can go grab a guinea pig out of your freezer and then toss it to your dog.
1: I have no words.
0: This is where I drew the line. I was like,
1: uh, you know, I didn't know where you were, where you landed on the oh, line my on this, gosh. but you know, if we're going to be in this world, maybe there is a line we do need to draw.
0: <laughs> of course, then there's the fowl. That's the turkey, the geese, ducks, hens, squab. I don't know what squab what is. is. A squab. I have no idea. I mean,
1: that's a fight to me.
0: I don't know, but Eating fowl squab. is another good one. When you're preserving your proteins, there's many different ways. You could dehydrate it, freeze it, can it, and you could also do curing and smoking. You can smoke it. So smoking under heat and then curing would be something with sugar and salt and nitrates, which is a lot. Mm. I can't do that because of the migraines, but a lot of people really like, I mean, they taste good. Cured meat tastes good. Yeah. And then, of course, you could raise goats. You can do the goats for their milk, for their cheese. Their milk is actually closer to... There's
1: a few problems in some of these opportunities to do these things. It's kind of frowned upon in like HOAs to have most of these things.
0: By the way, a squab is an immature pigeon about four weeks old. Okay.
1: So when it becomes mature, is it just a pigeon?
0: I don't know. Oh, turkey. You can raise turkeys. Wait, turkeys are foul. Did you know that turkeys are so dumb? that they will look up in the sky at the rain and then they could drown. <laughs> because they, and they are just like, Toto.
1: No, toro, toro. don't be a turkey.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for sharing a and lot of And then, of, this of course, the cows,
0: you can, you can raise them for their meat, milk, cheese, and butter. You can preserve cheese by doing like, you know, you've gone to a store where they have the cheese sitting out, has the wax around it. That's how you preserve that. You can freeze milk. You don't want to have 10,000 freezers. But if you have a freeze dryer, you can freeze dry your milk. For
1: only twenty nine nine ninety nine
0: Today only. You can freeze dry eggs as well. Like that, cooked eggs? Like You would you would take your farm fresh eggs, scramble them up, and then pour it into the freeze dryer machine and then put it in there. And then it would freeze dry.
1: Scramble cooked or scrambled liquid we, to be cooked? The
0: liquid. You would scramble your eggs in okay. a bowl and then go over to your freeze dryer, pull out one of the little pans, pour your your liquid egg in there, and then you would freeze dry it. And then once it's done, you would pull them out, pull out all the egg and put it in some sort of container. And then when you're ready to make scrambled eggs, you just go grab a couple of tablespoons of that powdered egg, mix a little water, and then it reconstitutes exactly like an egg. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And you know it's also cool. Think about your college student, your college student goat. They don't have a whole lot to cook with, but they have a microwave. And you come home and <laughs> this would be our You're children. You're
1: going to send Avery with mason jars. <laughs> She's going to go with mason jars, and we're <laughs> we're going to have food be prep in her dorm room, pulling out
0: princess cans. You could totally make. Oh my gosh, this is a business deal. You could do oh, omelets. Geez and have a little a little container that you put some freeze-dried eggs, you put some freeze-dried, you know, sausage or some freeze-dried onion and bell pepper and then a little bit of salt and then pepper and then you seal it up and then whenever she's ready to make her food, she just, you know, tosses it in a bowl.
1: We've got 4 years, so if we start now, we might be able to can, freeze-dry, dehydrate and whatever those other options are for our daughter and have her whole college meal plan prepared.
0: For four years. Yeah, she'll be going to school with all these like so number 10 cans and stuff. you got to catch the ping pong
1: ball that's bouncing around in her head and say no.
0: <laughs> okay, so hold on. That's fr- That's fruits, proteins, and we're almost done here. We got carbs. If you want to s- preserve your carbs, you've got to learn how to dry can because it's going to help you preserve and kill off all those egg, larva, flies, or whatever, and Mm. that would go for things like the rice, the oats, the grains, beans, legumes, and believe it or not, sweet potatoes and squash actually sit well on your shelf for a really long time. So if you were to get them from a farm in season, they could last you through the winter Hmm. because they're only in season at a certain time. And for fats, nuts and seeds are a little different. They go rancid. The fats in it go rancid. So with nuts, one really great way to preserve nuts is to soak them and then rinse them really good and then pour them in your food dehydrator tray and then dehydrate them. They actually become kind of crispy. It's actually easier to digest this way. And then you would preserve them in a mason jar and then you could do that vacuum sealer thing. You can also freeze them too. Or keep them in your refrigerator. And then with other things that you want to save or you have for fats, you can do the canning method with the ghee or rendered chicken fat, duck fat, things like that. And you can put those in your pressure cooker. So
1: you can get all the fat from this and put it in your pressure cooker for that.
0: Yeah. So you have all your proteins and then you can keep your fat separate. I'm not really sure about how it would work like with olive oil. I'm not really sure how that would work, but I know that you can preserve and save chicken fat duck fat butter ghee things like that that's I'm all impressed. i've got to say about that i'm
1: really impressed i didn't know you knew all this
0: part of why i got a migraine was because i went to the class on saturday and i was on the edge of my seat and thinking about all these things that i don't have done and a lot of people oh,
1: you went there in your head huh?
0: i i'm like It's suggested that you have three months of a food storage at minimum. It's like Dave
1: Ramsey wanting three months emergency fund
0: of money. At minimum. But most of these people are trying to get to at least a year. That's more recommended. But some people are more like, you know, 20 years.
1: Where do you think? What?
0: Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm panicking and I'm like, oh, I don't have any of these things. And, and then they got to the guinea pigs and I'm like, oh, I can't eat a <laughs> guinea pig. What am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to get really skinny. Well, that might be kind of fun, but oh, no, God. then I'll get weak. And oh, and then I'm like, I know how to forage. I know how to forage. I love to forage. Like I've learned how to do that. And then they're like, and don't even rely on foraging because you're not going to spend 300 calories going to forage through the woods to go find two berries at 15 calories. I'm like, i'm gonna starve my kids are gonna starve and, um anyway i got a little i got a little tense and and then that kind of had a little bit well, of i'm an sorry effect.
1: i wasn't there to calm you down yeah i was enjoying a four-day golf weekend in pinehurst it was all really right.
0: rough i'm glad you had a good time i bet you do well thank you all so much for listening i hope you learned something and i hope i inspired I you to get to food preserving in some way thanks so much bye
1: take care Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly.
0: What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really